I'm so glad you've joined us. I'm Petey. I'm the senior pastor here. And, and I want to start before we get into the sermon uh, with just a little bit of a pastoral note from our staff. Uh, starting this week, uh, one of our pastors, Melissa Shazer, sitting right here. Uh, Melissa will be going on sabbatical this week for three months. And so I wanted mostly to tell you that uh, so that you would be praying for her, encouraging her, send her, a, send her a note and tell her you're grateful for her, that you're thinking about her over the next three months, but also so that if you don't see her leading in worship, or around programs, you won't think that something's horribly wrong. Um, and so that you know, uh, every seven years, after seven years of, of working here, our pastors and leaders um, have sabbaticals as a part of their agreement. And we think sabbaticals are important for pastors to take. Um, I know there are some fields that have sabbaticals, not many do. Um, but uniquely, uh, pastors have sabbaticals, not because we think being a pastor is the hardest thing in the world. I mean, that's, there's, there's debate around that. Uh, but uh, we mostly want pastors to have sabbaticals so that they break their attachment to performance and that they attach to God alone, right? That over time in a community, you might start to believe that, that your value and your worth comes from being with and serving people, which is good stuff. But really, you, you need, you should want your pastors to want first and foremost, to be with God, that that is the thing that drives us is our attention to Jesus. And so we take breaks to allow us to, to remind ourselves of who we really are. And I think that's a good segue into what we're gonna be talking about as we look at Psalm 23 today, which is withness is what our world needs most, withness. And I know, I know you're thinking, he made that word up. And you would be correct if you're thinking that. That is a made-up word, withness, but we're talking about God being with us, God's presence being in our lives. We've been looking at Psalm 23 now for six weeks. We're doing 12 weeks total, going phrase by phrase through this memorable psalm in the Old Testament. And, and today's passage is, is connected to last week's passage. This is, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the thing that gets you through the darkest valley is, for you are with me. Now notice it says, even in the darkest valley. So it's not just about the darkest valley, not just about the hardest things that we go through, but also about the everyday things, the ups and downs of life. And I wondered, as I read this passage, I thought, what, what if we understood deep in our bones that the thing that we need most is God's presence? I mean, if you're anything like me, you keep a laundry list of, of things that you need, but what if? What if this passage opens our eyes to believe and see deep down that the thing that we need most is God's presence in our lives? And this is what the author of Psalm 23, the King, King David of Israel, this is what he actually believes. He leaves us clues about the importance of the presence of God in this passage. And here's how you see it. The very first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And we talked in week one about how that's really about the presence of the shepherd, that if the, the shepherd was present, the sheep would lack nothing. So it starts with the presence of the shepherd. And then at the very end, if you go to the very end of the passage, it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in Israel, the house of the Lord, the, the temple was the place in which God's fullness dwelt. And so to be in the house of the Lord was the idea of being in the presence of God. But then if you go to the middle of the passage, first in middle. Go to the middle, verse four. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you are with me. The very middle of the psalm. The beginning says we're in the presence of God. The end says we're in the presence of God. The middle says your presence 
is with me. If you study ancient Hebrew poetry, you know that the middle of the passage is actually where the heart of the passage is found. It's where the meaning is found. It's not the beginning, it's not the end. It's in the very center of the passage is the most important thing. And so the author, David, wants us to see the most important thing about this psalm is for you are with me. The shepherd appears on the scene. Did you notice the shift from third person to second person? It goes to direct address. God is here. There's a shift in the incarnation of the shepherd. The presence of the shepherd is the most important part of Psalm 23. And so whether you're walking through the darkest valley or you're facing the daily ups and downs of life, where is the shepherd? The shepherd is right there with you. In fact, the first chapter of the first gospel of our New Testament in the Bible says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. They're talking about Jesus and it means God is with us. We call ourselves Christians. We are people of Jesus Christ. Our lives are built on the one who came into the world, the incarnation of our good shepherd. So when God wants to make a difference in our lives, when God wants to make a difference in our world, he wants to offer us his salvation and his redemption as we're going through this life, he gives us himself. And that opens up endless possibilities. So I wanna give you three short reasons why withness, God's being with us, makes a difference. Why it's the thing that we ultimately need most in our lives. The first is this, that withness restores our humanity. Withness restores us to our humanity. It restores us to the purpose of our existence. It helps us be exactly who we are meant to be. It restores our humanity. See, we've been saying all throughout this series that sheep were pretty helpless without a shepherd, that they needed a shepherd to lead them. And if a sheep did not have a shepherd, they would find themselves doing things that were not normal or healthy for a sheep to do. They would be trying to feed themselves or protect themselves or lead themselves. They couldn't be comfortable being a sheep because they didn't have a shepherd. And so the presence of the shepherd restores to the sheep their capacity to simply be who they were meant to be, a sheep. On Friday, the church in the West lost one of our most influential pastors and leaders for the last four decades. Tim Keller, 72 years old, longtime Presbyterian pastor and author, went home to be with Jesus after a battle with cancer. Those of us who knew Tim from afar are grateful for the legacy of, of a true uh, theology, theological giant, a church leader who graciously connected culture and thoughtful reformed theology. In fact, I'll never forget being a, a struggling young pastor on a secular university campus when someone sent me a grainy YouTube video of the early 2000s of Tim Keller presenting the gospel on the Google campus there in San Francisco. And something about the way this man talked about Jesus remind me that the incarnate God was compelling and beautiful for everyone. But those who knew Tim Keller as a friend and knew him well, describe him not as a theological giant, but as a humble man who inspired, not because of the books he wrote or the sermons he gave, but because of the way he gave his time so generously to other people. 
that he loved those who were close to him, that he shared his life and gave time to anyone who needed it. And I think it's the heroes of the faith in our lives that remind us it's not about being superhuman. It's about being truly human. It's about being beautifully and joyfully human. Be comfortable in your own skin in a way that defies our experience and expectation of the modern world. Being with God, being with God restores our humanity. It reminds us who we are meant to be. And when we live into that fully, it's a beautiful picture for others to see and for us to experience. The second reason that witness matters is that witness counters a culture and a belief of I've got this. Some of you are familiar with the, the, the Greek myth of Prometheus. Prometheus is well known as the sort of trickster who ascended into heaven, stole fire from the gods, brought it back to humans. Now, for most of human history, the Prometheus myth has been a cautionary tale. Don't try to play God. Don't play with fire lest you get burned. Don't try to take control of things that you can't control and don't understand. It was a cautionary tale. We are not meant to be God. But in our modern Western times, the Prometheus story has gone from cautionary tale to inspirational story. In fact, we love the idea. We're told on a regular basis, it's reinforced you can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can be, you can go up there, grab the fire from the gods, bring it back to humanity. You can do it all. You've got this. You've got the power. You don't need anyone's help. You can do it on your own. We live daily in a culture that reingrains, reinforces the idea, I've got this on my own. The thing about sheep, though, did you know sheep are one of the only animals in the world that have no defensive mechanisms? Sheep can't blend in. They have no claws or ability to fight back. They can't outrun any predator. Sheep are 100% defenseless. They are helpless. And I wonder how many of us are trying to outrun or defeat or conquer or claw and scratch or fight our way to believe that the way to win at life is to dominate, to conquer, to show that we've really got this on our own. And yet every single time, what is it? Sin catches up with us. Brokenness catches up with us. Our limitations catch up with us, even if we're not willing to admit it and we're tripped up. And so the thing is, we cannot defeat the obstacles to the life that God has for us. We cannot defeat our sinful nature. We need Jesus to step in and to defeat it for us. The one who comes, our good shepherd, who enters into the flesh, who lives among us, who goes all the way to the cross, faces death and resurrection to show us that it is not our power that overcomes the enemy, but is his power living in us. We get the power because he is with us, not because it is something that we can do on our own. Author Sky Jathani in his wonderful book, With, says that it is not our circumstances or behaviors or radical decisions that give our lives meaning and hope, but our unity with God himself. If you need help, if you need salvation, the shepherd is here. He is with you. The gospel moves us. The good news of 
what Christ has done for us moves us beyond I've got this to God's got this. We trust that God's got this, even especially when we don't. The third reason why we need God with us is that witness is our best witness. It's our best witness. Years ago, when uh, LeBron James played for Cleveland's NBA team, one of the times he played for Cleveland's NBA team, they had a massive sign on the side of their downtown arena there in Cleveland, and it said, we are all witnesses with a picture of LeBron. And the point of this marketing campaign was that you too could be a witness. If you only bought a ticket and came inside, the promise of greatness was being offered by the presence of LeBron James. And I wonder about what if God's presence in our lives means that the promises of God's greatness can be put on display for others to see? If God's presence in our lives means that his greatness might be shown through our lives into others. Listen to the words of Jesus right after his resurrection as he sends his followers into the world. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then just days later, here's what he promises the disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God gives us his presence. He gives us his Holy Spirit that we might have the power in our lives to live as witnesses for his goodness, for the potential of a life with him that it might show through us that we are witnesses to the power and the presence of God because he is with us. We don't only get to witness greatness, we get the greatness of God with us. And this is for all of us. If you trust in Jesus Christ, it is not just for the special, holy uh, people that serve as pastors or that have all the Bible answers or who have memorized Psalm 23 perfectly in 10 different translations. It is for all of us who call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. We have the power of God in us. Witness is how he uses our lives to show the possibilities of a life with him to others. Don't miss on it. Witness is what our world needs. And God wants to use us. He wants to use you for that. How might he use your life as a witness to others that light is possible, that better days are ahead, that hope is nearer than you think? God is with you. What else is possible? I'm gonna invite our band to come back up as they prepare to lead us as we think about what this means for our lives and how we carry this out, I, I just want you to consider that God with us matters. No matter what's happening in your life, God with you matters. His presence points us over and over and over again to the possibilities of a life with Jesus. God is with us. What else is possible? God is with us. What else is possible? Hear the words of the ancient Hebrews when they said, what other nation, what other people is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? When we turn to him, when we seek him, he is near, he is there. 
And the potential, the hope, the healing, the encouragement, let's let the power of God's presence be with us. Let's proclaim it and turn to it and trust it wherever we find ourselves, whatever we're going through. God is with us. What else is possible? Amen.